Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. testimony from Gloria Apema from Belcado Center. She's a bus center leader. And so this is what Gloria says. She says, I had a pain in my chest and my rib. It started during the day, but when I slept and I woke up, I couldn't bend or do anything. I woke up to brush my teeth, then to join the chauffeur hour prayers, but I couldn't stand. My sister was very worried, but I still prayed anyway and believed in whatever I was doing. When it was time to take the communion, I didn't have mine because the kitchen was locked, so I took it later in the day with the directions of our prophet. As soon as I was done with the prayer, I hadn't even ended and I saw that there, were change, there was change. Hallelujah. I'm totally healed now. I want to tell the church to believe in every activity that we do because the day before, I didn't pray. The list was posted on the Vacenta Leaders page and I was blasted. Wow. But I decided in my heart that this would be my last and truly it has been. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria, for this amazing testimony. Good morning, everybody. I want to believe that you're doing well and that the Lord is keeping you. I think he has been so faithful to us. We have much to thank God for, even though we're a nation that is in crisis. Thank God that in these times, you have somewhere to be, people to be with. And the truth is that it's fast becoming family bonding time. It's fast becoming a time of extra prayer. It's becoming a time when we're seeking the face of God. You know, I'm in my 50s. I'm not sure I remember the time when we had a day of prayer and fasting as we just had in the past week. I was especially blessed when somebody told me that she and her family are on a 14-day fast for the nation. I want to believe that in the middle of it all, God is doing something and some good things are happening. Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe that much as we are heading more and more towards a lockdown, if we, for those of us in Accra and Kumasi, if you're somewhere else, I'd advise you to also lock yourself in, even though no one has said that. Because if this thing is airborne, it means as you're walking out, every time you go out, you're kind of exposing yourself. So take a little time restrict yourself a little bit and do something else other things that we haven't had time to do in a long long time i believe that there are things you wanted to read you used to say when you have some time you read them there are things you want to study you said if i had some time i'd study it some prayers you want to pray you said if i had some time i'd pray them oh my god this is the time for it hallelujah amen and we just want to bless our father bishop dag for putting the Duma hours together. I hope your hours are clocking. 120 hours prayer 
just for your life. Can you imagine what's going to happen to you after this? And then another 120 hours about your destiny. My God, tell me, but I see something good. I see something see good something coming good. out of you. Hallelujah. Coming out of you. So don't joke. Don't play with your prayer sessions. Let's take That's them all. seriously. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are also praying together as a church. And for those of us who have come online and we've been regularly praying together, something is happening to us. I wish we could find a way to express it. But honestly, you're about to see something more. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So don't slack and don't relax. Amen. Amen. And in this coming week, we'll be joining the flow prayer services with the First Love Church where our Father is leading very powerful prayer times. Oh, Jesus. And I, I think that we're just in a good time. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Well, this week also, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit in times like Wow. wow. I spoke to you about this. We started last week. In fact, before we all scattered, we had been talking about the Holy Spirit. But trust him to have put us in a place where we can just continue with what we were doing. And it's taking us deeper and deeper into him. Yes. During the week, I, somebody asked me a question. And I want to start from there and then bring us back into the topic. And his question was, well... Okay, we know God the Father, and we kind of know Jesus the Son, even though we have a few problems, but God the Holy Spirit, what exactly is that? Why do we need to relate to the three of them? I want to answer, start by answering that question, because maybe it's a question many more of us have. And I want to answer this question with a description that Benny Hinn gave in one of his books, Good morning, Holy Spirit. And that description really blessed me. Please, it is an analogy. Because some of us, we are so gifted with the gift of misunderstanding. Before we are aware, we are seeing something else. <laughs> so this is an analogy. Something that just helps you to understand the real situation. And then he said, he said something. He said, look, take it that God the Father is giving an instruction. God the Son is the doer of the instruction. God the Holy Spirit is the power behind that instruction wow. of making it come to pass. Wow. Are you there? So let's put it again into contemporary terms. So God the Father says, let there be light. You know that scripture, Genesis 1-3. Okay. Jesus was there. He's the doer. If you remember your scriptures in John 1, where it says that all things were made by him. You see, and without him was nothing made that was made. So he was the maker of the thing. My God, actually. So God the Father, we are trying to get some electricity on, some lights to come. You see. So God the Father gives the instruction. Jesus comes and he's gonna switch it on. That's the doer. The power, the electricity itself. That's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Wow. Amen. So I'm hoping that this will help you in your relating to the Holy Spirit. And we're saying that they are one and the same. They are one, they are one but they are three different personalities doing different things. And each part, personality of God or each part is doing his part. Just like you. Your body is one part. Your spirit is another part. Your soul, where your mind and your emotions are, is a third part. Each of them, they are all you. But when I say David... That's body. Mm. But there's a spirit in the body. Yes. 
Hey, I hope it's getting clearer. Yeah. But I don't want to go too far. This is just to help you to keep up. Amen. And to understand. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I started speaking to you last week about the Holy Spirit in us. And I was telling you that this refers mainly to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When hands are laid on you, the evidence that you have him is that you're speaking in tongues. And you know, I always encourage you that if one time hands are laid on you and you didn't speak in tongues, often, you know, this thing is so mind-boggling. You need to get your mind out of the way so that your spirit can just flow because the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. You're moving your mouth. And I say to you, that's so go again. He's already done it. It's your faith you're working on to be able to just speak out. And so you begin to pray in tongues. And last week I shared with you how important it is in these times that you're speaking in tongues. Let's just quickly do the four points I think it was I gave you with the scriptures. So that in case you missed last week, you can put down your notes now. You can also go on the podcast and listen. And then you write it out and try to understand it. Hallelujah. Amen. And I shared with you last week that since you have the Holy Spirit, and you speak in tongues, pray a lot in tongues for edification. I gave you the scripture, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, if you remember that. Then I said, praying in tongues, when you pray in tongues, you pray according to the will of God. The scripture there was Romans 8, 26, 27, and 1 Corinthians 14, 14. That's one of the easiest to remember, 14, 14. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I also said to you that pray in tongues so that your faith will be stimulated. And that scripture is in Jude 20. Jude is just one um, chapter. So Jude 20. Hallelujah. Amen. And then praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown. Again, it's the Romans 8, 26, 27 scripture because the Holy Spirit is helping us. And we've been praying. We've been praying. We've been praying. We don't know what lies ahead. Mm. You see other nations having other experiences. But as we pray, we know that our prayers are according to the will of God. And as we pray, we have been edified, strengthened, charged up. And so if this week you were not able to join in the prayer times, please this coming week strive to do so. Mm. Also, take the time to do your Duma hours because as you pray, yes, you're praying for your life, but that praying in tongues and just going on it is edifying, charging you up. Hallelujah. And at the same time, your faith is being stimulated and we need faith for times like this. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to go on today to talk about the Holy Spirit with us. Wow. The Holy Spirit with us. My God. The Holy Spirit with us. This is actually what we call the presence. Wow. The Holy Spirit with us. I love this. Amen. Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit with us. You see, some people say God is everywhere. It's true. Only present, you can see everything that's going on. But when we talk about the manifest presence of God, we are talking about something that is the preserve, or usually it's a believer who gets to experience the manifest presence mm. of God. And that's what we're calling the Holy Spirit with us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus taught us this. And so let's go to scripture. And I hope you have your pen and your notebook with you. And I also hope you have your Bible. 
I hope that you will open the scriptures and you will read along with me as I read. Because then you have more, you know, instead of listening to fables and stories, open your Bible, read it yourself. Oh, Jesus. Mm, tell your neighbor, read it yourself. Read it yourself. Yeah. And for those of you who like to say, for God's sake, stop it and get an audio Bible and listen as they read. Mm. Now, that, that one will not help us. There's audio Bible. Somebody has read it. So listen, hallelujah. Amen. John 14, I'm reading verse 16 to 18 and verse 26. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus teaches us here. You know, he, he was the one who introduced the Holy Spirit to us. He was there, but we didn't know him. You know, and he introduced himself. He introduced the Holy Spirit to us. And he said so many things, telling us exactly where he was, who he is, and what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Amen. Amen. He said, when he comes, he's going to stay with you. But before we take apart this scripture, let us go to John 16, where he says something I want you to see. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This scripture baffled me for a long time. How can Jesus say, it's better for us that he goes? Mm -hmm. But that's what he said. He said, it's better he goes. If he doesn't go, the Spirit will not come. Wow. Then in verse 13, John 16, 13, he says, How be it, when he the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. These scriptures are so heartwarming because they indicate that as we draw closer to the Holy Spirit, as he makes himself present, I mean, around us, all he does is to draw us closer to God and all he does is to share with us what he has heard. Mm. Do you see the thing? Mm. So there is no fear there to say that, oh, I am deviating. I'm going off into something else. This is three, but there's still one. Mm. And they don't operate, I mean, operate apart in that way. Hallelujah. But Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. Why? Because in order to fulfill what he was doing, Jesus had had to take on the form of a man. He was now trapped in a human body. So while he walked around on earth, he could only be in one place at one time. It was better that the Holy Spirit would come because he, as I'm talking to you here in Kumasi, in Chundriasi Kumasi, mm. you are somewhere else in Balgatanga, mm. or you are in Tanga, or you are in the Volta region, mm. or you are in Accra, or you are in Tabi, or Takwa, you are somewhere. The Holy Spirit can be there with you as well, because he's a spirit, and a spirit no, does not have the boundaries 
of the physical body. So Jesus on earth was a physical body. And then he went up to heaven, he went back to the Father. But the Holy Spirit, as he came, he came as a spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me not get ahead of myself. I need to show you. You know, there's so much in this thing that is so sweet and so nice. So allow me to take my time. Oh, take your time. Amen. And if I don't finish, we'll continue next week. So let's look at something. He says he's going to dwell with you and he's going to be in you. He's going to dwell with you and he's going to be in you. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the aspect of God on earth right now. Yeah. In the Old Testament, we read about God the Father relating to people. It was not easy for them. Mm. They'll have to go and slaughter animals yeah. for the forgiveness of their sins. Many times the human beings could not stand to hear his voice. One time the children of Israel said, Ah, Moses, you are going to hear the voice of God. We are going with you, Sam. <laughs> we do we want to hear Sam. Hey! When they got near the mountain, the small thunder, the small fire, they said, Please, it's okay. You go and we will be here. Mm. When you hear, you come and tell us. Hey. Because at that mm. time it was God the Father who was relating to us. Doesn't mean Jesus was not around. He was there and he's in the Old Testament. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit was not around. He was there. But the aspect that related directly to us was God the Father. The Holy Spirit was there, but he would only come fill power to a priest, a king, to do a particular thing. He wasn't there like available for normal human beings, ordinary human beings like you and I. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then the time came when Jesus took over. And he came to lay down his life and pay the price so that we would no longer need to do any strange thing to relate to God. Mm -hmm. What we need to do was to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And then as he was leaving, he said, I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we know. And, you know, Jesus was true to his word. Because in the book of Acts, we read that the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came. Before I get you there, let's take a look at the meaning of the word that was, you know, translated comforter. In John 16, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, he said something to give us an idea of what the Holy Spirit is coming to do. And the word he used was the word paraclete. That word is a Greek word. And it meant many things, including comforter. My God. Wow. It also meant means advocate. There are times in your life where you need a lawyer. Oh. And I think in Ghana right now we need a lawyer. Oh Jesus. We need somebody to stand and say, God have mercy on them. Oh Jesus. They have done this or that. They are not it's not because they are worthy, but they're asking. We need an advocate, yes, somebody Jesus. to talk for us. He is also called the helper. My God, we need help at this time. We need help. Even as I speak, there are people who have found out that their family members have been either have the virus or they have been around somebody who has the virus and you know the fears want to take over. But there's help mm. to be had in the Holy Spirit. Amen. May that help reach you where you are Amen. right now in Jesus' name. Jesus Hallelujah. Name. The name paraclete, the word paraclete, it also means an intercessor, somebody who stands in between something and something. He's interceding. May we make you feel that somebody is talking to God on your behalf. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Other meanings of the word, a standby. You know, when you hear the word standby, you think of a standby generator. generator. <laughs> Light goes and then generator comes yeah. on. Yeah. 
And I want to, I love to think of the Holy Spirit as someone standing by mm. to help us in time of need, right. to help us in time of trouble. Right. And you know what? It's not only for times of trouble. When nothing is happening, just to flow with us. Wow. Just to lead us closer to the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. He's a teacher. And that is even so clear in the scripture that the Bible says that he will guide you into all things. He will teach you. When we go on further, I'll bring you the scriptures where it talks about him teaching us. And we need to be taught at this time, I tell you. Yeah. Hallelujah. And he will strengthen us. I pray that you will feel the strengthening of the Holy Spirit where you are. Amen and amen. So, just as the Lord Jesus said, the Holy Spirit. So, I was making the point with you that it was Jesus himself who introduced us to the Holy Spirit. So let us know that what we are talking about is biblical. The next thing I want to share with you is that just as he said, the Holy Spirit came. Where do we find these scriptures? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is Acts 1.8. Did it happen? It did. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Spirit had arrived as Jesus had said. And just as Jesus said, he said he would be with us always. He has not left. Throughout the book of Acts, they kept on talking to us and telling us about people who received the Holy Spirit and it is still happening. So why am I telling you all of this? It's to bring you to this point. From this point on, when the Holy Spirit entered the early church, they were keenly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they were aware of his presence in everything that they did. I want to show you a few, I mean, things that were said, which to me are so remarkable. Let's begin in Acts chapter 5. In Acts chapter 5, we the, the chapter opens with the interesting story. In fact, the beginning of the story is actually in chapter 4, where at the end it tells us that the early church, they began to sell the things they had and bring the money to the apostles, and it was used to cater for everybody. And this was something people did of their own free will. Now we meet somebody in Acts chapter 5. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thy own? After it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Mm. You see, as the, as, the, as the head of the church at that time, Peter was keenly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so he didn't say, why have you lied to me like that? Mm. 
He didn't say, why have you lied to the leaders like that? Or lied to the body of Christ like that? What he said was, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? I want you to envisage a meeting at which the head of an organization is. And then somebody comes in. He has stolen. And then he's been told, you have stolen. He says, I have not stolen. Hmm. And then somebody says, can you not see that director is here? If even you are going to do your things, don't do it here. In the same way, the early church was fully aware of the director of the church on earth, mm. the Holy Spirit. They were aware of his presence. And that's why Peter just went straight and said, you have lied to him mm. as you are standing here. Oh. Verse 5, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Now, his wife came a little hey, time later. Hey. She didn't know what had happened. Ladies, that's why you shouldn't just follow. You, you are a Christian. Follow God. Follow wow. God. Do what wow. is right. Wow. Oh. Then Peter said unto, I almost said Mrs. Ananias, don't mind him, said unto her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried her husband are at the door. And they will carry you out. And she too. She passed and went, I wonder what would happen today if we had this kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Many times as we meet, we give an opening prayer, then we forget, cry. God doesn't matter, and then we display our things. Mm. Mm. But in those days, they knew that the Holy Spirit was there, and they included him in the things that they were doing. Let me give you a few more examples. Acts chapter 13. I'm reading from verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Are you seeing it again? Here was a prayer meeting. They didn't come back and say, the leaders of the prayer meeting or the leaders of the church of Antioch, they said the Holy Ghosts. They were so used to fellowshipping with him. Now you may say, Pastor, how did they know he was there? How do you know anything? It's by knowing. If I talk to you on the phone often, you will know that this is my voice. Yeah. So you will not have any problem recognizing my voice. Yeah. If you fellowship with the Holy Spirit often, you will have no problem recognizing it when he is around wow. and when he comes there. Wow. Let us continue with our study. I hope you are not getting tired yet. At all. At all. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 55. Now you know in the scriptures, Acts chapter 7, let, let's go first to Acts chapter 6. Let's take it from there and come back to Acts chapter 7. Sometimes I wonder why they called Acts the Acts of the Apostles. Maybe they should have said the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now look at Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6, as usually happens when Christians are together, a quarrel had come up. Amen. And they said that, hey, the Greek people said they are not feeding our widows. Mm. And they are, the Jews said that, look, what is it? Why are you Okay. That was the background. Mm. So the leaders of the church came to resolve it. Mm. And in verse 3, 
Wherefore, brethren, look out, looking out among you, seven men of honest report, mm. full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. My God. Full of what the Holy Ghost and wisdom, wisdom. whom we may appoint over this business. Mm. And the saying pleased the multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Pamanas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Now, the important point I want to raise here is that. They were looking for who will be sharing the rice. Mm. Who will share bread? Mm. Who will share the emotor for the widows? Mm. Who will give them their monthly allowance? Mm. But even as they were looking for people who will do mundane, everyday things, they looked for people who were full of this Holy Spirit. I mean, these guys were aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the effect that he had on them in their lives. And my prayer is that in this time that we are home, we will learn about the Holy Spirit and begin to fellowship with him. I won't be able to get there today. Next week, I'll tell you how to fellowship with I can't him. wait for next <laughs> We need to understand what we are doing so that you don't do any funny things as a lot of people are trying to do these days. Mm. Here in Bibles and all kinds hey! Hey! Mercy. Let us come back. You know, look at what happened to Stephen. In Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Now, by this time, the persecution of the Christians was on and Stephen was captured. It's a very important point because I need to say to you that we believe God and we believe that he takes care of us. We, however, cannot deny that there are times when things happen that are difficult and that are painful, things we don't want to go through, but God hasn't left us. The fact that you're going through something difficult does not mean God is not there. Wow. Listen, Acts 7.55. Now they're stoning this man. He's actually dying, but he's not crying at all. The Bible says, and he, but he is Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost. Mm. So the Holy Ghost was present with him. Looked up steadfastly. I mean, they're stoning the man to death. And he tears his eyes up. He's looking steadily up there. Why? He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing by the right hand of God. Hallelujah. This is one of the places where we again see God the Father is there, Jesus is standing by his right hand, and the Holy Ghost is doing his work on earth to get the saint on his way. Because this was the end of Stephen's time here on earth. It is marvelous that the Holy Spirit is with us, and he's in all that we do. Acts chapter 15. I'm reading verse 28. And I have to be say, I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite scriptures when I'm talking about this. Now, in Acts chapter 15, once again, the Christians were at it. Once again. Once again. You see, there are always people who come with theological things and quarrel over them. And please, if you are watching this and you have theological issues, don't write to me. Just listen again, open your Bible and see whether those things yeah, so. were so. Because we've used things like this to just divide the church over and over. Mm -hmm. Now here was a case in Acts chapter 15 where there were people who had come and who had said that, yes, you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, but until you are circumcised, it's not it. Yeah, and others had said, no. Now we are not going by the law. It was under the law that you needed to be circumcised to belong to God. Now we have the blood of Jesus. So this thing became a trinamentary, trinamentary. Mm. And so the question was sent to the leaders of the church. 
the elders of the church. Mm. What do you say about this matter? Mm. And they also sat down, deliberated on it. And when they had got an answer, they now sent to the church their answer. Mm. Listen, verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Mm -hmm. And then they now listed forth what their decision was. What is the point I'm drawing your mind to? They are saying that we had a meeting mm -hmm. in this chair, Clenham, mm -hmm. in this chair, Golden, mm -hmm. in this chair, Jojo, in this chair, Hemefa, mm -hmm. in this chair, David, in this chair, in this chair, they Pastor Yvonne. In this chair, mommy was sitting. In this chair, Pastor One. In this chair, hope. So everybody had a church, a chair, and the Holy Spirit. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Yeah. So they had a you see, we would just meet too. They would say, let's say a word of prayer. Then we have our meeting and we expect that the Lord is leading us in our meeting. But these people, the presence of the Holy Spirit, He was a person to them. He was a person to them. His person, He was, He was a person. He was not just something, He was a person. So when they now came to relay it, you see, if you come to my house, and by the way, this is my house studio. For their time now. <laughs> Joy studio. The head of this house is Bishop Patrick. So if I want to tell you something with the strongest weight I can find, I'll tell you that Bishop Patrick and us we said this and this and this. Because when I mention his name, some weight. Yeah. They too. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost wow. and to us. Wow. In other words, as we sat down and we met, mm. he was there. For today, child of God, I want you to begin to understand. When you wake up, invite the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. Mm. If you invite him, he'll come. If you don't invite him, he'll be around, but you'll know now. Mm. And this is how they lived at that time. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm ending in a few minutes. Oh, no. Oh, Acts no. chapter 20. <laughs> Here is Paul coming to the end of his time. He has heard that things are going to happen in Jerusalem. Look how he expresses it. Acts 20. I'm reading verse 22 and 23. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. What was he saying? He went to city number one, and he met Apostle so-and-so. Went to city number two, prophet so and so. Went to this place, but he said, "Is the Holy Spirit?" It was human beings he was even thinking about. It was the fact that this message, the Holy Spirit, is the sending this message to me. Oh, how I long for a time that we will see the Holy Spirit as the one on earth with us now and relate with Him as such, recognizing who He is. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to end today's broadcast of this time by sharing with you a scripture and I'm going to pick up from the scripture next week but let me read it to you we have quoted the scripture as the end to many meetings and therefore we many times don't think it through but listen 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My God. The King James Version says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. But to the Amplified belongs the most detailed explanation. Nice. The grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus. The love of God and the presence wow. and the fellowship, mm. the communion, mm. the sharing together, mm. and the participation mm. of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit be with you all. You can see there that there is something the scripture is saying. It is saying that there's some grace from Jesus, some favor coming to us. It's saying that the love of God has come to us. And it is clear, that's why we are even believers. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it says his presence. It says the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How can you fellowship with somebody you don't talk to? Is the, is the fellowshiping the same as prayer? I mean, as I'm standing here, I've been talking to David and I've been talking to MFA. Am I praying to them? What exactly is the scripture saying? I'm not out of time. Wait, I'm just out of time. Join me at the same time next week for the third part of our series, The Holy Spirit in Times Like This. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your spirit who is on earth with us now, leading us into the truth explaining things to us, strengthening us, letting us know more about you and fellowship more about you, letting the word come alive for us. I pray in this week that we will have experiences that will convince us of the presence of the Holy Spirit still down here on earth with us. That when we gather again next week to continue to share, it will be with a depth of understanding that we will receive the word. I give you praise and I thank you for this opportunity to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you may have been listening to me and maybe you have been going to church all your life or maybe you've never been to church. Maybe you're watching because somebody invited you or you were passing by and somebody somebody's screen caught your eye. There can be many reasons why you've watched us this morning, but I want to invite you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In times like these, we need a savior. I want to ask you, is your name in the book of life? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and your personal savior? I'm not asking you, do you go to church? Church going is a good practice and a healthy practice required of us in Hebrews 10.25. But that is for people who have already given their lives to Christ. Maybe you've been going all this time, but you have not given your life to Jesus. I want to invite you at this time to receive Jesus as your Lord and savior. Jesus makes it so easy. He said he came down onto this earth. He shed his blood, paying for our sin, so we don't have to pay for it before we come to God. All we need to do is to accept the fact that he has paid. And if you accept that fact, then you want to tell him so in a prayer so that your name can be written in his book of life. Your name is in many books, political books, where you went to school, where you went to work, but is it in the book of life? Bow down your head with me for this moment. And I want you to say this prayer after me. If really and truly from your heart, you want to give, you want to receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
I'll ask you to place your hand on your heart as a sign that you want to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And let us pray. Pray these words after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me, Cleanse me from my sin. From my sin. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. From today. From today. You are my savior. You are my savior. And you are my Lord. And you are my Lord. I thank you. Thank you for saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for everyone who has prayed this prayer. I pray that they will grow in the faith and that they will stand. And if we don't meet in this life, may we meet one day at the feet of the Master. I thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-E-B-S-E. God richly bless you.